Hello, everyone, and welcome to Work to Game. This is the Crystal Core Radio Podcast, bringing it to you live every Friday around 11.30 a.m. Central, broadcasting on all platforms that we can broadcast to. More might be coming in the near future. But joining us today, we got a special guest, been a fan of his for a long time. Chris actually introduced me to his content, and you might have seen him also collabing with Josh Strife Hayes. Calum. Welcome or Callum. Welcome. <laughs> I, I knew I was gonna. I knew I was gonna whip it. You right almost at the start. managed. You almost, almost managed. managed. It was a perfect you, intro until my brain took it sideways. Anyway, uh, solid Callum, nine dude. out of ten. <laughs> yeah. All right, passable. All right, dude. Welcome to the show. Just give everybody a little brief introduction to yourself. Uh, what you playing right now, man? Thanks. Yeah. So I'm Callum. I'm a YouTuber slash streamer, content creator in general. Recently, I've not actually been playing too many games. I've gone kind of old school recently, like mm. no pun intended. Uh, I've been playing a hell of a lot of old school RuneScape again. I've got, I've been dragged down that rabbit hole. That has consumed my last like month, essentially. And beyond that, I have weirdly, I've not played Power World. I have, oh. I've had to, I've had to put that off because I know I will get addicted, like completely addicted. So I'm, I'm saving, saving that for when there's actually some time. I'm going to put it up there because I'm, I'm, I'm addicted to it. And it's, it's easy to find yourself getting addicted uh, to oh, Power yeah. World. All right. I could lose days to that. Easily, easily. I've, me and the kid, like the kids are playing it right now. I've actually gotten messages. They're like, hey, Brian, are you playing Power World right now? I was like, no, like I'm at work. The kids constantly are asking about uh, playing this game. Uh, let's go with Chili. Chili, how's everything going with you? Uh, plug yourself and uh, what you playing? Uh, not bad, thank you. I've been playing a lot of, Grand Blue Fantasy Relink still. I've uh, got to the end game. I found out that once you reach level 100, you can still continue grinding, which is pretty cool. You start getting vouchers and stuff. So even if you reach the level cap, it's not over. You can continue going. Plus, you got the sigil stuff. It's a huge grind. And I'm really enjoying it. And I've also stepped into Helldivers 2, which yes. I have some frustrations with, but it has been a bit of fun. And it sounded like one of my frustrations is going to be fixed soon. So fingers crossed. Yeah, the matchmaking I hear is the one and only issue that is affecting the PlayStation players for Helldivers 2 right now. So hopefully, yeah, we hear hear more on it. This is a, an exciting time because this is the first time uh, for both PlayStation, you know, to really do that day and date launch on both PlayStation 5 and on PC Steam. So it's going to be interesting to see if this is if this changes the direction or the course of their of their business. Well, uh, no, in, because... In that even when they announced the PC ports, they did announce that all future games of a service titles plan to be PlayStation and PC day one. Mark. It's single player titles that aren't were not planned for PlayStation and PC. Anything that's multiplayer was always going to be on PC as well. All right, Chris, dude, you uh, spent the last week uh, skiing, getting some snow in your Texas blood. Dude, what you playing? What's going on with you, man? I did. It's my my once a year venture to somewhere much colder than Texas. So no longer England. Do you guys have skiing there? I think it's in England. Just, no, it's, it's just bloody cold just all cold. the time. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm going to say we don't really get skiing. I mean, you could try. Eh. No, I yeah, I would love to ski some parts in Europe, but I don't think Britain's Britain's on that list. So I <laughs> I'd love to go to France. I did Switzerland last year found a cheap flight bargain flight and went to Switzerland. But this year was just some domestic skiing. And while we were there, we had some laptops out and we were playing some age of empires against each other in the evenings. I am not fast enough for the early game watching some tournament play. And it just always shocks me how much like an old game 
can just be elevated when given enough time that there's like, like just because you move on from a game, nope, it doesn't mean everybody else does. So there's people that are still perfecting that. So when you come back to a game, there can just be an incredible amount of of growth there. So it's fun to watch some of the tournament games. And that's about it. I'm looking forward to to playing more MMOs this year. And I too have not ventured into Power World because I too recognize that that's not what I'm doing unless it's all the way. Mm-hmm. If you, if you guys text me like on Wednesday and be like, hey, we might all step into some Power World together, like that would be like wild. It's not cross play, right? It's captive four. So it's like, it's obviously like, well, A, it's a vacation week. Every, a lot of people are out of town or something like that. It's it's just, I don't know. For me, I find it very delightful. I've also stepped into uh, Enshrouded a little bit, and it's also incredibly delightful as an experience. Both of these games in early access. So you're going to run into, you know, like I, occasionally bugs, but it's like, I'm not, I'm not so like really concerned about that. So it's just been a really good time. And there's also like Nightingale, which is another survival, you know, RPG that's just right around the corner. It just feels like this year is already coming out with a lot of really strong games. And I think that, and I'm really uh, curious, Caleb, on your, on your thoughts, because last year I felt like we're seeing this concept of a fatigue with games as a service. At least that's kind of the, what people are asking about. And I think it's maybe not necessarily fatigue. It's just like, we're seeing really good games that aren't service driven, like release month over month to where the service yeah. is literally every month. There's a big game that, that's turns out actually really exciting and fun to play. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right with that. I mean, it's kind of been forced down our throats for like the last, what, 10 years, this whole games as a service. And mm-hmm. obviously people hate it, but when that's the only service you're being offered, you, you kind of have to make do with it. But like you say, last year, specifically like, you know, last quarter, we saw so many games come out that were actually just fantastic standalone games. I mean, if I went through my top games of last year, well, you've got Baldur's Gate, obviously. I I don't think that needs to be said. No live service there. Fantastic game. Vampire Survivors. Another game that came out. Incredible value for money. So good. Yeah, one of the best games of all time. Literally. Yeah. Sat down and yeah. played that game, and then all of a sudden, it's the next day. And I was like, I haven't yeah. done that in years. I haven't done that since I had oh, kids. No, no in, in fact, uh, me and my partner at the time were playing the game. And again, this was another thing where we look at the clock and it's like 9 a.m. We, like, we've been up all night, ruined the next day. So we're like, may as well just continue playing Vampire Survivors, right? All I'm going to uh, say is just don't discover the fact that there's a phone version of the same game dude, that they released. Discovered, she discovered it and told me, and I was like, oh, no. It's please, not no. as good, and I still lost a lot of time to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's not as good as the desktop version. Yeah, well, in fact, I, I was I was Uh-oh. telling Prime before we started that I was working on I'm making my own game for a bit of fun. It's going to be published at some point. It's basically a vampire survivor's kind of clone, but in 3D where you've got half your abilities as passives that just automatically activate and half that are activatable, like charge-ups and stuff. Sure. The reason I was up till 8 o'clock this morning is because me and two friends did like seven test rounds of it, like the full 30-minute waves, and again, just lost time to that. That Mm -hmm. style of game is just super, super addictive. But in terms of other games, I mean, just look at, what's it called, Lethal Company. Look how much money that has made a single lone developer. I think it was something like it sold, what, $40 million worth of copies. But one guy who has never had a successful game release, and it's a non-live service game and people are loving it. I I think the model is kind of on its way out because people are just tired of it. Look how many subscriptions we've got now. 
Right. Because a live service game is essentially a subscription. If you, you know, if you play it full time, it, you've got Netflix, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got, you know, HBO Plus, all of these things. And that's just like streaming. Right. You got Spotify, all these things out of the people are, too. Yeah. In the house at a time, just because otherwise you get out of hand. You just, you start feeling like, okay, well, now to get my money's worth, either I'm flushing money down the toilet or I'm forcing yeah. myself to consume more than I want to. Yes, to make up for the fact that you manage them all. Yeah, I feel like I'm managing them. Like I'm having to pick a show from this one and watch it. I don't even like it. I'm just, I'm just consuming. Yeah, to get your money's worth. If I can get down to one or two, that's something for me. That's something for for her, and that's that's enough. Yeah, I think it's a mass market. It might be going away, but I feel like I the the fear the thing itself will never go away because there'll always be games that will come out eventually that people will be like, oh. That was a lot of fun, but man, I sure do want to play a little bit more, a little bit mm. more, a little, a little bit more. There's always going to be some games of the service titles that exist, World and Warcraft I feel like Final the reason. Doing fine. Yeah. Well, and especially like, as it relates feel... to MMOs, I'd like to yeah. jump in is that because I agree yeah, with no Chili. The idea here is that the live service always was like otherwise named MMO Light, and I think maybe there's more like people are really still interested in MMOs. And then it, this gives the ability for MMOs to start to distinguish themselves more in that way. Go ahead, Chili. No, but that's basically it. People were burnt out on social activities because of the, you know, everything that was going on, and people wanted some single player games. But that there'll always be like a resurgence of people wanting some online game titles. Like it's just that there's been so many recently. Like I, 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 I you know, I myself always still prefer a co-op title over a single player title. I'll I'll always agree with that, but not everything needs it. So, yeah, not every yeah. game needs to be games of service. And I think if you guys, I don't know if anybody followed the Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, like that just was like no, nobody's asking for that specific game. There's a it's a niche audience that's maybe interested in it, and then everybody's just like, but I got this instead of Arkham, you know, Batman Arkham Asylum Four or something like that, where it's like you 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 feel like you 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 got a bad trade. Even if they were like, and I think honestly, if they do decide to go and make, you know, another kind of style game that people were actually wanting, I think essentially it's like that should have taken the Bethesda approach and said, yeah, we're making this live service game, but also we're also still making this other game. So you're like, we're not, you're not getting a bad deal. It's just, we're going to do this. It's going to help, you know, support the company over month over month, as opposed to like the years of no income because the game, you know, because we're making one of these games that take, you know, four or five more years now as that continues to go up. You can make something that nobody asked for. You just have to keep your overhead really low. Yeah. Now, Callum mentioned a game with a lone developer. That's a game nobody mm-hmm. asked for. And it didn't need to be successful. If it had just sold 10,000 copies, he would have still been thrilled. <laughs> right? <laughs> like don't, As don't a lone developer, out. it is what it is. Like it, the, the, Where it becomes hard is when these corporations dump half a billion dollars in upfront before getting anything back, no pre-orders, nothing. And yeah. so now they, they need it to be successful because there's money in there from people that were just investors. Like they, they didn't care about yeah. the game. And the, uh, there's IP as well. Like IP is something that a lot of people just don't, don't consider. But like, let's just take a Batman game, for example. There's probably a 30% IP royalty, you know, that, that they're going to have to, whoever's making the game is going to have to lose that out of pocket right away. And, if you look at that stacked with the Steam fee, which I know is a controversial thing, you know, whether it's deserved to be at 30% or not, like 
regardless of what people believe on that front, at 60%, I know it's not, you know, accumulatively, but that's a lot of money just straight up gone from your profits. So suddenly the, the return needs to be much, much higher on, on those sort of games. And a lot of the time, they're just not, you know, because it's a game no one's asked for. So you have to be super confident that it's going to, you know, get its money returned. Or I guess this is why live service has, as a game has kind of taken off. It's a, a safe bet to turn a not very good game into a an addiction. Into an addiction, exactly. Uh, because it's not the, just an addiction, but person. like, let's just say you can have it last a few times, a short amount of time. That's a bit of money income that's going over time rather than just from the single player purchase. Because yeah. once you buy the single player game, there's no nothing else. Because everyone, if you look at that, DLCs actually always sell worse than the main title. There's rarely ever oh, a, an expansion or DLC pack that it does as well as the single. So by having a game to the service, you, you've got that sort of passive income over time from people, you know, buying yeah. microtransactions and that, that is very points true. and it, times and stamina. The whales so just, you know, subsidizing all the freeloaders, I guess. Yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. It, it's still a it's still a strange one to see. I, I don't know how it's going to pan out. I think we're going to see a lot less of it, personally, just because, I mean, Vampire Survivors is a great example with the DLC, right? The DLC sold phenomenally, like incredibly well. And something to note is, I believe the first DLC that came out cost more than the actual base game. <laughs> Smart. And it made well, more money than the base game. game's like a dollar. So yeah, that, right? Yeah, I was going to say. What is that? That's like the, the drug dealer giving you free fix, your free sample. Like, oh, I think this I bought is the really DLC good. just because I felt like I owed him. Like, I don't even... I was like, exactly. I don't even know if I'm going to play this. I just... I literally owe this person more money than I've given them. And yeah, very, you feel bad playing rare. a game for a dollar. I think that's what's exciting about games is that regardless of it, it's single player or multiplayer, we seem to be in a couple years in a row here where my biggest guilt is that I'm not paying them enough, that I'm not spending yeah. enough time with their art, as opposed to we went through a round of years there where like the years that I found Calum's channel first, like many was Earth 2, when it, there was this other end of things where it felt like the money side of gaming started to get so separate from gaming that you couldn't even call some of these things games. Yeah. And so like now we're in this era where it feels like the art is really what's on display, which is like an interesting contrast with the fact that it's the same time that AI is getting so much attention, which is the next threat to art. It doesn't feel like the oh, yeah. money side is what's threatening it right now. It feels like the AI is what's threatening the art. Yeah. What do you uh, think uh, the uh, impact of AI, on, especially generative AI on MMORPGs is going to be, Callum? Right. So I actually put out a video the other week discussing AI. And I, I was called a, a defeatist, right? But I, I got... <laughs> we lost, guys. Let's pack it up. Yeah, I got ripped apart for my, my kind of take on that video. And this video came about because I was looking at all these people mocking AI because it's the fun thing to do, right? Like, oh, look, uh, Mid-Journey can't draw hands. Dude, that was two years ago. Have you seen it now? It can. Uh, but like all these old arguments as well just keep being brought up or people using AI incorrectly as chatbots like, you know... Was it Buick, the car manufacturer, accidentally sold a car through a chatbot for $1 because it was AI that was doing the deals and whatever? Ridiculous. But <laughs> you see people laughing at this. However, if used correctly by someone who's knowledgeable and not just you know jumping on the AI hype train, it's a really powerful tool. And it is something that people should be worried about. Not, not just for you know, fear-mongering or doomsday saying, 
But genuinely, it is taking people's jobs, especially in the gaming industry and probably soon to be the MMO industry. And there's, there's quite a lot of proof for this as well. The content creation industry, like let's talk about fake and artificial influencers that already exist today. And that's only going to get better. And those influence, like when the term shill gets thrown around, like it's going to really have a massive divide between like, no, that's actually a bot for Microsoft or for, you know, like whatever the brand is. And that's going to drive it. Cause like full disclosure for anybody who's very curious, we've been utilizing AI to generate the chapters on the, the podcast. So if you guys are watching this later as a VOD, by the time, you know, it gets, you know, finished rendering on YouTube, we have it generate the chapters now and we might use yeah. some for some the alternative was it wasn't always getting done. Yeah. Same so thing. Like for it's the take, it's, not, it's they, not replacing um, this portion of the show where we're yeah. talking. It's replacing the portion of the show that was things that we didn't want to do. Procedural generation has been in games for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. The idea that software is taking a set of rules or constraints that is maybe human curated and is taking it to a degree where the initial human could have never foreseen it. You know, when you look at games like Minecraft, you, you can't even imagine what could be over the next hill. It's what makes that worth exploring. Yeah. That sort of it, it gets me really excited. When we talk about an MMO, one of the problems with like the world of Azeroth or something is that once you spend enough hours in it, it starts to feel small. And the reason it feels small is because the artists can only draw and implement so quickly. Yeah. So like, I'm really excited for AI as like a tool as an augment um, yeah. for, for specifically games, the scale of MMOs, because MMOs, like what makes MMOs really special to me is I want to explore and just imagine if, Azeroth in the next season of Discovery, they're like, hey, we're trying this out. Azeroth's going to be four times the size. Go. Yeah. Right. You've actually just brought up something super, super interesting that a lot of people haven't touched on. Because when you're talking about Minecraft, you know, like what's over that hill in this procedurally generated thing, there's a, I think there's an important distinction that a lot of people don't make, which is the difference between procedural generation and guided procedural generation. Right. And that's what Minecraft is, right? Guided. If it was procedural generation, it would just be a a higgledy-piggledy mess of blocks everywhere, and it wouldn't mean anything. So like you were saying, that that set of rules has to be there. And currently, I think on social media in particular right now, like YouTube Shorts, we are seeing unguided procedural generation in YouTube Shorts. We are seeing people... I'm going to expose a a secret here that that most content creators are probably going to wince at, Everyone just takes a podcast and throws it into Opus Clip, draws out the top 10 clips and dumps them onto shorts. Now, if you give it context, such as, hey, here's my podcast, I want the cool moments from this. Sure, you're going to get what it perceives as cool moments. If you just throw in any random Mr. Beast video and just take whatever Opus gives you as the top clip, this is where you just end up with AI-generated slop that has no, no meaning or coherence to it, right? It's just, it just is. It isn't anything, it just is. It exists, that's it. And I, we're going to see that with games before we see people using it properly. So, how about, how about this? How about I throw this, right? I might be 100% wrong about this, but I bet you 90% of people here have actually used AI and not even thought they're using AI. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because DLSS is, is a version of AI. Yeah, right. Uh, so is Photoshop's so, mostly AI yeah. now? So yeah, I, I, I literally, I press pay- the button in Photoshop, and it does the yeah. thing that I would have to like zoom the in and make sure. Removal, so good. 
Dude, that's like so much you. better than the marquee tool now or the magic wand. You just press a button, done. Couldn't do it better myself. So why do it myself? So if you're playing a video yeah. game, there's a huge chance you're using the version of DLS to upscale. Yeah. And oh, that uses NVIDIA AI to yep. work out the frames and stuff like that. And it's yep. not going to get worse. No, this is the worst it's ever been right now. Whenever it you're watching, worst. It, even when you're watching this in the future, that's the yep. worst it will ever be. That's the advantage of it is it's just getting better and better and better. I worked in property tax consulting a few years ago, and we had an AI tool that what it allowed us to do was pull comparables more rapidly. So normally when you're comparing for the purpose of contesting property taxes here in Texas, you would be looking for three to five, depending on the county, comparable properties based on certain criteria. And we built an AI that goes out and it grabs all of the property ra property records from every source it can. It combines them. So they're all under, so we have as much information on each address as possible. And then it says, here's 25 that we think are good. Now, me as the human, it's not going to it's not going to contest for them. But what it will do is it'll pull 25 and then I can pull the best three or five for a coherent yeah. argument. And that's where I think AI can go in gaming is I don't think the goal should be to replace the artists entirely. But I do think the goal could be, OK, imagine if a voice actor could help spin up a voice and give it. 5,000 words, 10,000 words, give it those words in different tones, yell, scream, be angry, be sad, be calm, whisper. And then an AI tool could take those samples. And now we have something that could populate a million lines of dialogue, which the yeah. voice actor just could literally never have time for. Right now, to get a Baldur's Gate 3, we have to individually record all million lines of dialogue. But how do we have an AI voice actor that trains a voice? And then one of the big hard questions about that is how does that AI actor get paid for that? Who pays who and for how long? That is the big question. So that is, I think, the biggest point of contention right now for the, the, the average worker in these industries wanting AI, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the value proposition to, let's say I'm a voice actor, the value proposition to me is I do a like what a one hundredth of the work that I normally would, and I get paid for that one hundredth of the work. That's it. I, I lose ninety nine percent of the work that I would have had, and they still get the end result of the work that I would have done for free. So in that case, a lot of people are looking at this and going, "It's just a bad deal for me." Of course, for the the studio, it's a fantastic deal, and if they've worked out some kind of revenue share, that would be even better. But then they're not making the savings that they would on that AI. So it's it's kind of a like a big point of contention here of, well, why would I use AI if it's not saving me the job and saving me paying someone to do the job? It could save you so, time. It, like it, like the, the, the cost savings could just be bundled in that, oh, it didn't take us seven years to produce this game. Yeah. It took us three years. And one of the things we've seen within game development, and especially with all the recent leaks, is that the cost is, it's the, it's more second law. It's that, yes, Technology is getting better and faster, but the cost to get that power, the cost to grow that is doubling is, you know, like, and so for like going from the current, you know, generation to the next generation is like, there's a real active like cost and we've seen games get smaller. Yeah. Then we're seeing things like Light No Fire developed by a 12 person team yeah. that when it comes down to it, you're, you're doing, you're building a game. I'm building a game right now. Like, the ability to keep it kind of like in a in a group of like here's the here's the team small I don't have team to, yeah yeah we don't have to go and you know have because like the the bigger the team people are like 
oh my gosh, Microsoft's spending half a billion dollars on Halo 5. Like the bigger the team, yeah. the bigger the problems, the bigger the oh, challenges. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah, the, the best way to look at it is imagine that you're doing like a school project or something in a group of four. How much chaos is that to organize? Imagine times in that by 10 with the same level of org- organization or even worse. It's just, it's an absolute mess. You're right. Bigger, now, bigger doesn't mean better in team size at all. Now, I'm not a game developer, nor have I stepped into game development ever, really. But I know that the earlier builds kind of use... Um, don't You don't always have textures, or you'll have rough textures made for the earliest builds so that you can showcase your idea of the game before it's playable. I feel like that's the best implementation of AI is when you're doing stuff like that so you can sell the product to the company that you want to make because you can use the... Rather than having the developers and artists work on something that's the huge chunk, all that's getting, all that art's getting scrapped. That art is yep. not going to be probably used in the final product. That is probably, in my opinion, the best time to use AI is when to, is to showcase your product you want to sell to the company to make, and then have the artist work on the actual retail if it gets greenlit. Yeah, no, because, that's exactly like, that. That's what I, I would agree with. That I mean, that's what I'm doing uh, on the project I'm working on right now. So it's currently me and another guy, Andy. He's the artist I'm programming. And my uh, developer art, let's say, isn't the best. So for like abilities that I'm adding in, I just want a quick, dirty icon that I can throw in. And I know what the icon means. You know, it's different from the rest. So again, you just go to AI and you're like, generate me a a Firestorm icon. And sure, it's going to be incoherent with the rest of the icons, but it works, right? It, it, It serves its purpose until it's replaced. That's where I think it has a huge advantage is, is so when we yeah. to get back to the core of this is like, when does it go into games? Hopefully immediately. The question is like, how does it not get used recklessly? And that's been every major technological advance has had this exact same issue. It's yeah. going to put a lot of people out of work. There's going to be a lot of people that get hurt along the way, you know, and that's, that's not the dream. We want to keep that number as small as possible, but hopefully with time, you know, as these contracts start to get better negotiated, you may see some sort of group that's like, hey, I'm an AI artist, voice artist, and I have 500 libraries that can be used. And these libraries are being licensed out on 200 games. Yeah, And so you have, you have a voice artist who has spent time generating this library and can now license it out to, you know, your game probably, you know, if it's just you and a friend or, or you and somebody else that you've met through the industry, you probably can't afford to pay 30 yeah. voice artists to work on your game. But if there was no libraries problem. of voice artists, yeah. all of a sudden we could have voice acting in even kind of indie dev. And that would be yeah. a real perk. Oh, absolutely. So I mean, as a person that has already. a few, I will say as a person that has a few voice actor friends, I'm just going to throw in, make sure you pay your voice actors properly. I'm just oh, going to yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah. Right. That library would need to be paid. That library would need yeah. to be compensated. But that's the sort of thing that could pop up that would be to an advantage. The Brian AI crash and his uh, back. But the, like, when you look at like Final Fantasy 14, a game that, you know, many of the people here have played, their cutscenes, they have talked about in panels how hard it is to get the voice acting into the cutscenes during production because they have to record those so far in advance of the patch to have them voice acted in all the languages and have that so that it can all be animated correctly. And that means there are scenes that they were going to voice act that they may have to cut because the writing has to be adjusted because they don't have time 
to go back out and get in with the voice actor. It's not an issue if they don't want to pay the voice actor. It's not an issue if they don't want to credit the voice actor. It's just not possible within just the logistics. And that's where tools like this, I think, would have a real advantage. Ideally, that voice actor would still be paid for that. And that's that's where you start to get a lot of these strikes and unions and things like that stepping up and hopefully protecting and saying, you know, okay, they're going to generate this many lines for you from their own vocal cords. And then you're going to be using the agreed upon tool to do the rest. And then they are going to be paid for, you know, maybe a heavier fee for what they actually generated and a smaller fee for everything that did go into the game because without them, it wouldn't exist. And like, I don't, I don't know. Legally, that seems really hard to do. Now, before it, it apparently my internet cut out, uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what happened. I was like, all right, I'm glad that you guys, uh, well, welcome back to- Brian to AI. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's what I was like. We're talking about AI, and they're like, "Let's get, let's cut him. He's got to go." We have, we have a we have a chat here from Ourobora Cat says, "Will we finally get a new MMO with AI? A good new MMO? Excuse me, with AI? What do you guys think?" Yes, it won't be the first one. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, the first uh, one's going to be horrible. Yes, yeah, but probably. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And eventually, I would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, what what you're going to see is the amount of people who've never made an MMO, they're going to jump into making an MMO because they think they now can because of AI. Those are going to be the first ones you see. They're going to be awful. There's no ifs or buts about that. Again, AI slop. That's all it's going to be. For, for the first ones, at least. All right. So I think, I think yes, the answer. But I, I don't know. Like, sometimes when it comes to these things... Uh, the first one could end up being a, a pioneer in which that it takes, you know, people when we see with MMOs, like, why would I leave this game and go to this other new game when I'm having, you know, a good time here? That's actually the same problem with the games as service model is yeah. that, yes, there's, gr- you know, a handful of games as service games that just dominate. And then everything else just kind of struggles because you're not going to be able to catch up on years and years of you know, content and service and, and also the player base and the player numbers. I mean, we see this time and time again, also with uh, social media uh, and those companies as well. The, speaking um, of social media, yeah, speaking as, of social as media. a small plug here, this show is currently live on every platform we can take it to. So you can see us on YouTube, Twitch, or on Twitter. X, what are we calling it? X, Twitter. I, I always say I use both at the same, you know, interchangeably at the same time. So that's, yeah, that is what it is. Now I got a, uh, we wanted to talk about RuneScape and RuneScape 3, old school RuneScape and RuneScape 3. This week, some in like interesting news. And I, I'm very curious, Callum, like what's going on with RuneScape? So for a while now, for, for quite a few years, people have been saying that, you know, RuneScape 3 in particular is dying. And a quick like TLDR for those who don't know. RuneScape evolved over the years, got to an update that was so catastrophic that player numbers dropped off by like 70-80% in the matter of two months. Then they had to bring back a rolled back version of the game from 2007, which is now known as old school RuneScape. And this brought back most of those players that quit, right? And it was supposed to be, we'll bring it back just to show you guys that it's nostalgia and you don't actually want that version of the game. And uh, here we are, what, 12, 13 years? Exactly, you think you do, but you don't. (laughs) We're we're now here, like, beyond 10 years later, and it's still going strong, and it is now the dominant game of the two, which is wild to think about, considering that RuneScape 3 is, you know, better graphics. I say better, that's, uh, you know, subjective, but they are 
it's higher fidelity. It's yeah, there you go. You're prepared. It's just a better looking game, and it's clearly the newer one, right? And it is still updated to this day. Now, as player numbers started to decline, they obviously started with microtransactions and battle passes, or sorry, hero passes. We have to distinguish between those. They're apparently not the same, despite being exactly that. And of course, that caused this kind of death spiral. You know, more players started to quit. And they eventually stopped publishing their online numbers of currently online players. However, on the old school RuneScape website, that shows the total number of players online on all RuneScape services. So RuneScape 3 and old school. It then also below on the same page shows just the old school numbers. So, you know, basic maths, subtract one from the other. There's the RuneScape 3 numbers. Now, this number, the overall total was, I believe it was 119,000 online players across all services. There was 101,000 online on old school, meaning <laughs> less less than 20,000 players wow. now active on RuneScape 3, which is still a healthy number for an MMO. There is like there is no denying that. However, that's a big drop. That, like that is a huge drop and it's worrying a lot of people for for quite a few reasons. Number one, old school RuneScape was brought back as a pure and clean version of the game. No microtransactions, like ever. Absolutely none. There is no way to to like buy gear or you know buy cosmetics. None of that stuff. Well, what happens when you know RuneScape three, the uh, the game that is you know the shield that guards the realm of men? Well, what happens when that falls? What happens to to old school? Do, do we go around the whole cycle again, where now that needs microtransactions to be sustainable? Yeah, it's it's a bit of a messy business. Now there's still development for old school RuneScape, but it's like it still gets updates, but they're kind of weird. So, yeah, like, the process. Can you kind of outline like a little bit of that process? Because it's it's atypical to every other game yes. out there. Yeah, so you you'd think that this sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, but it's it's kind of a silver lining. So as the game was brought back in its old school form, players were you know getting to the end of the content or, you know, running out of content because it was from 2007. So people were like, oh, you should add this update. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll, we'll add like the God Wars dungeon. And then we'll add the next update. Well, yeah, but we don't want that. That was terrible. So Jagex are now in a position of, okay, well, we don't want to screw this up again. So what do we do? And they did a poll on that specific update. And it was like, okay, well, most of them want this. So, you know, over a 70% vote of yes, we'll take it, we'll add that. And they were doing that for every update now. Absolutely everything that goes into the game, unless it's like an integrity change or a bug fix, is polled. And not many, if any, games that I know of actually do that. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, the polls have their problems as well. God knows they do. But it's interesting. It's completely different, like you say, atypical to any other MMO. So this now leads to a problem. Jagex did originally want to add sponsored content to old school RuneScape. And their example could not have been worse. They were like, imagine you buy a bag of Doritos, right? And on there, there's a code that changes the color of your home teleport animation to yellow or orange. And everyone's like, why would I want that? <laughs> but they had to poll it. And of course, it was voted 96% no, we don't want that. So they didn't add it. What happens when someone takes over this company, which we're going to get into in a second, 
that doesn't care about the legacy of the game and is probably going to repeat the same mistakes again and live to regret it. Let's put it that way. You would think the polls would result in a Bodie McBoat face. Like you would think <laughs> the polls, because yeah. I, I think it's not, yeah, it's not an uncommon thought. I think the majority of people feel yeah. like we are in the minority that know what's best for our game. And that if popularity contests were allowed to steer our game, that that would only be bad news that, yes. you know, a certain class would be overbuffed or that a certain content would get ignored. But in reality, like at least yeah. in the OS, in the old school RuneScape community, it does seem that the majority genuinely think about the health of the game because they do yeah. vote down things that you see other game devs do and then it gets a heavy amount of engagement. So you just, I don't know, it just makes me think less of the world. Yeah, the, the, you brought a good point there. I think the reason this works so well with RuneScape is two reasons. One, it is a classless system. There is no one player that becomes more powerful than another based off a vote, right? Maybe depending on an item that they have that their friend doesn't, sure. But like that can be changed, right? Every account can get every item. So that's interesting. But I also think the reason that the players vote with integrity is because they've been through the ringers already. Like They've been through terrible updates. Like, they know that it might seem great, you know, in the beginning. Like, oh, you get double... We're going to double the amount of logs that you get woodcutting. And that sounds great, right? Everyone gets more money, in theory. But then they realize that the price of it crashes and goes down to half. And it's just exactly the same, pointless. But now you've got to get twice as many logs. Like, the players actually think ahead and know the kind of repercussions of the updates. They know how it's going to affect the game. And I think that that can only exist because these people have been through this with the original version of the game. I think if you put this in RuneScape 3, a poll system like this for every update, it would be a disaster. It would just be a total disaster. So you don't think we could pick this up and learn from it in like WoW's Season of Discovery, which seems to be a more feedback-driven model. Like Season of Discovery, yeah. was, the, the interviews behind Season of Discovery were like, we can already tell you, you haven't played it yet. It's going to be buggy. Like we can already tell yeah. you, there's going to be weird things. Like we know this. It, it's, it's meant to be art from and, the get-go. Yeah. Not meant to have the same polish as retail. That's a, that's a fantastic point. And I, I wouldn't liken that to polls in RuneScape. I would compare that to leagues in RuneScape. So okay. if you've never played old school RuneScape, they're doing something called leagues, which is, hey, developers, you've got four months to throw together the most wacky and absurd game mode that you can think of. There are no restrictions on it. Do whatever. And some of these game modes is like Trailblazer, where originally every single area in the game was locked. And you had to unlock that area and you could only do stuff in that area. So you log in, start at Lumbridge, and it's like, right, pick where you want to start. And you can only unlock adjacent towns. So it's kind of like fog of war on the map, right? And it completely changes the way that, that things happen with this because now some of the max gear, you have to decide from day one what's happening, right? Because the max mage gear might be in one area and you have to decide day one, am I planning to use mage? Cool. I'm probably going to want to go there. So I need to start somewhere near there and be able to get to there. And there's so many other different, just like different methods that they can use for this sort of like season of discovery. And they are some of the most popular months on RuneScape. They've just had the end of a, a league recently and player numbers were at an absolute all time high. I think it was something like, People will have to correct me in chat. Something like 250,000 concurrent players on old school. <laughs> like it skyrocketed. And of course, 
people don't want to log in on their main account to play this kind of like fresh league that they're playing because they don't they still want to like AFK train stuff on their main account. So what do they do? They make an alt account and buy membership on that. So now J- Jagex is double dipping on all of the the membership <laughs> fees, which is fantastic, right? Credit to them. It's genius, and I'd say it's fair because you are running two accounts at once. But it does like things from leagues are basically being a beta test for the live game. Right. It's getting people to beta test their game without people feeling like they're beta testing. Yeah. You don't yeah, have to break anything. You don't have to yeah, break exactly. anything. It doesn't affect the live game. Yeah. Let it yeah, go. Yeah, Crash says not. 200k as well during the last league. That, yeah, that's right. 200k. So doubling the, the active player count, it's insane. So if so all it this could is work going for on, the games. why would the game be in a position that it needs to be sold? So I, I have theories. Basically, Jagex has been passed around like the hot girl at a college party, right? Everyone's been double dipping on Jagex at this point. They've come in, milked it for everything that it's got, and then sold it off. Well, okay, so Carlisle Group owns it at the moment. And what they've done recently on RuneScape 3 is suddenly started selling plushies. Board game come out of nowhere. Oh, guys, we've got a battle pass now. Also, membership prices are going up, but if you want to buy a year's membership up front, you can do that right now for 30% off. Just Don't you have a, like a, a good quarter. A wheel that you can spin as well that you can pay for? Or they had to remove that, but then it came back okay. called Treasure Hunter, which was exactly the same thing reskinned. Trust me, the amount of stuff that they dumped in that one financial quarter for like more money, more money, was to give themselves a really good report to sell the company. Like, hey, guys, look how much money we made in these last three months. But the problem is, by doing that, they've sacrificed the next year's income because they've sold a year's membership up front to everyone. So let's say a new company comes in. This, what are they called? I can't even remember. Haveli, the the new group that's apparently settled on it. CV. Yeah. Uh, CVC and Haveli. Haveli. Yeah, those are the ones. They're going to come in now and they're not going to get that membership boost. They're not going to get membership money for the next like nine months. It's initially a loss to them because of like kind of falsely inflated. It's not falsely inflated numbers, but it's disingenuous numbers, right? Like they're not going to get that quarter every quarter. Yeah. They've just decimated this year of income, essentially. And that's that's what worries a lot of people, actually, because if this company comes in not really knowing that they're going to just have like a down year when it comes to money. What are they going to do to fix that? Who's going to bite the bullet here? Because it's not going to be RuneScape 3 because they're already biting the bullet. It's going to be old school. And that that's kind of what's worrying everyone at the moment. I think that's a valid concern. Anytime a game changes hands, it, it's, it's a gamble of like what's going to stay and what's going to go. And if there's enough frustration, it's easy to say, okay, this is going to fix everything. Yeah. It doesn't. There's a lot of unhealthy things that it turns out. Yeah. Like, owner does not make all bad things happen. Some bad things are just bad. But, you know, I mean, World of Warcraft has now changed hands a couple of times over its lifetime, and, and it was very easy to blame Activision for a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, although when you ask people when it was better, a lot of people point back to a time that was also Activision owned. <laughs> and so, yeah. and well, now the same with Destiny, out. everyone's like, oh my God, Destiny was so bad under Activision. But then you, you go back and everyone's like, this is my favorite expansion. I'm like, well, that expansion was actually mostly done by High Moon Studio and, yeah, not yeah. Bungie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. I, I do think the one distinction here is 
in those games like World of Warcraft and Destiny, people seem to be a, a kind of a glutton for punishment, right? They, they've got a high tolerance to BS going on in their game. Old school RuneScape does not. I can guarantee you now, uh, because it's happened on some updates in old school that were very close to not passing the poll, a large exodus of players that are just like, I don't like this update. I'm gone. And, you know, they truly are gone. Because this is have to win I by feel... a lot, right? Like 51 yeah. Do you think it's easier through? for them to do that because the fact that it's a free-to-play game? So they know that, although they've invested a lot of time, which, to be honest, is more expensive than money, mm-hmm. they have not invested any actual physical currency. So that's, that's an interesting one. RuneScape, I believe, has one of the highest conversion rates to paid members because once you have invested in it, like time-wise... The money you're paying for yeah. all of that content is so worth it. So I would say the majority of players that have played for more than a week, they're already members. There are very few legitimate players on free-to-play. There are a lot of bots on free-to-play, like a lot. Most people will buy membership just to get away from the bots because it, it is, it's an absolute plague. It really is. So I would say even when people have invested money, let's say like years and years of membership, like myself as an example, when when this all fell apart with RuneScape's update to what is technically now RuneScape 3, the, the evolution of combat upgrade, I had paid concurrent, I think, how long was it now? Nine and a half years of membership nonstop. And that made me quit. Like, on the spot, done. And that's not being dramatic. It's just, my game isn't the same anymore. Like, it's such a drastic change from what I do, log in and do daily. And I think a lot of RuneScape players like the comfort of knowing their game well. Yeah, I mean, and that pain point has to be pretty big. Like, it's yeah. very rarely just the one thing. You know, there, there used to be this bar that was within walking distance of our house. And so anytime we just wanted to get out of the house, we would walk to this bar and we would just sit down and you'd watch whatever sport was on. We knew all the bartenders. The food wasn't particularly amazing. They didn't have particularly amazing beer specials or anything. It was yeah. just like a nice place that was so easy to get to that we became regulars wasn't the best bar in the area it was just the closest yeah but you know they started changing their menu they started changing their prices they started changing staff and there came a day when we just didn't go there anymore and mm-hmm. once we stopped going once you just stop going all together um, yeah. there's no so like it would be really easy to be like okay well we're hiring that one person back that wasn't it like once you break the habit yeah. So the that's the bigger concern almost. with a change yeah. of ownership is once they lose these people, how do you get them back? Right. Uh, yeah. It's basically um, the ship of feces, right? Where it's, it's, it's every plank. Yeah, everything's replaced. Is it still the thing? Yeah. I, I think that's a part of the package that. of the MMO though, because MMOs are in a way sold on, they're going to change and it's, you're yeah. never going to have, you know, the same experience. And so nobody can go back and play Final Fantasy 14 2.0 they can play the story and the content that exists, but it's changed completely from how it was originally conceived to where it is today. And so as time yeah. goes on, I think that's the one thing that makes MMOs really special and kind of of their time. Same kind of case, like I've been playing like Star Citizen and it's like really cool to experience it now. And then looking at what's like literally right on the doorstep of about to come into the game. And I'm like, I'm glad I started now. I'm really glad I didn't start 10 years ago. Um, yeah. Because that would be like, I, I get people's frustration, but as somebody who's like, Hey, they're, they're getting really close. They believe it's a good time, you know, like, but it's still being able to experience some of that and have some of those same 
stories. Like, man, I was there when this happened. This was something that really defined you have that opportunity to build in this nostalgia and so much more. But guys, it is coming close to the end of the show. And now we were wanting to talk with you, Caleb, about like upcoming MMOs. So yeah. hopefully we can get you back here in the next couple oh, of weeks. Okay, good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, usually we try to keep these at an hour, and I just want to make sure everybody had any time. Y'all, uh, We're going to play a game, video game 20 questions uh, here at the end of the show. But before we jump into that game, does anybody have any thoughts they want to share on what we what, what we talked about on today's podcast? I just want to add, although I haven't really played these games, I know that some people probably do enjoy RuneScape 3. And hopefully, even with the decrease in numbers, it still stays around for those people that do enjoy playing that version because it, options are always good. And I'd rather ha- have the people that do want to play it have the ability to play it. Mm. All right. So let's jump into video game 20 questions. I'm just going to put up this footage of Blue Protocol. It's a game I'm very excited and hopefully we're going to learn more about soon. Uh, the rules for video game 20 questions, if nobody knows, they can. Have, the panel here can ask any yes or no question. The, the answer is a video game. And I would say it's a video game that uh, people have heard of. So I'm not going ultra hard but we're also open for suggestions so if you guys have a video game that you would like to see made into video game 20 questions here on the podcast sound off in the comments i'll uh, i'll gather them all up and we'll be able to go from there but panel it's yours anybody can take it yes or no question and let's see if you guys can get the game that i'm thinking of hmm did it release this year it did not that would have narrowed it down drastically (laughs) is it cross-platform it is, but to clarify, just so I don't confuse anybody, it is not a multiplayer game. So it is cross-platform and multi-platform. Yeah, okay. multi-platform. I just want to make, make sure I don't okay. confuse y'all and and send you down the wrong path. Mm. Mm. We got you got plenty of space. Is it a Souls-like? It is not. Okay. Was it released before the two thousands? I would say no, but let me just confirm on the release date so I'm not lying to you. It was not released before the 2000s, like 2090 in the 90s, etc. Hmm. Was it released now from a developer that is located in Japan? It was not. Oh. How many are we at? Uh, that was five. Uh-oh. I kind of forgot there was a question limit. Right. 20. You got you to get it yeah, in 20. It's in the name, yeah. That's 21 questions. We have our own spin. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Japan would have both narrowed it down, but that's also a lot of games knocked out. Okay, here's yeah. one. Is it 2D? It is not. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you picked the most generic Has there game been any... No, I I, I that, do not think this gives a generic game, but we'll, we'll see what we what what chat and you guys say once you figure it out. Has there been any uh, modern day remasters of the title? Let me confirm, but I would think yes. Let me just confirm. Oh, okay. This is a real difficult one to answer. I would say, kind of, because you do have the ability on certain platforms of scaling it up and making it better, and a remaster is somewhat oh, rumored. Know. God damn it, yes. Is it Halo? It is not Halo. God damn it. <laughs> well, no, okay, no, so, no multiplayer. Yeah, I yeah, just no remember. Multiplayer. So, one second. So, 
that probably narrows it down to something that's on Xbox because Xbox can upscale with its backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is multi-platform, just so that, you know, I, I keep you guys, you know. Oh, yeah, so it wouldn't really be Halo. Well, no, it could have been, but... Mm. Yeah. Like PC well, or something. Well, in the future, yeah, yeah. it might be a multiplayer. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Who knows? We'll yeah. find out next yeah. week. <laughs> uh, 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 hmm. Is it an RPG? It is an RPG. Oh. I have a guess, which is actually my favorite game. Is it Shadow of the Colossus? It is not Shadow of the Colossus, <sighs> but that is an excellent game, sir. Excellent yeah. game. Okay, you're all are at 10. I'll let some others waste some questions instead of me now. I've, I've done a couple of questions, so... I'd love to get it down to a publisher. Yeah, that, um, that can help. It can help out dramatically. That would have probably been the smart opening move, to be honest. Is it published by 2K? It is not published by 2K. Because he said it was an RPG, by... and it's not multiplayer. Correct. And I it, mean, the easiest one is probably going to be, is it published by Square? It is not published by well, Square. Well, no, no Japanese. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, true. But Square also used to publish for the West. Yeah, that was a USA sure, he could have. Yeah, he could have gotten us with like a... I'm trying not, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not yeah. to be a, I'm trying not to be an, a jerk about the game. It's like, I, I, I really want you to figure it out because I think it's more fun. Hmm. But also rolls out, uh, rules out Capcom. So. Have there been sequels? There have been. <sighs> mm. That helps. Man. So there's been sequels. Not Japanese. Not multiplayer. RPG. RPG. Released in the last yeah. Yeah. 20-ish years. Was it, was, it, was it a European publisher? I'm going to say no. And if for some reason I'm wrong on that, I will we'll, right, we'll, so we'll that, save you guys. So that so that knocks out The Witcher. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Not that bad. knocks out that knocks out your Polish games. Mm. That knocks out like Cyberpunk as well, which is technically ish. Yeah. It's none of those. Project Res. So no. Yeah. You did not list the game that it is like as a knockout. So it's like we're yeah. <laughs> okay. You've actually got me stumped with this one. Multi-platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not multiplayer. Can upscale to a... I'm guessing just upscale the resolution. So many multiplayer games. That makes this so much harder. The Let me see if I can give you guys some assistance because you're uh, you're at 14 questions. You guys asked about the release year. So it's 2000, you know, not 2000 and earlier. It might help if you maybe get within a decade or something like that, so that way you can kind of pick on some some things. Is it um, more than ten years old? It is more than ten years old. You're at okay. fifteen. Yeah, five more. So just for math's sake, that would put it in the two thousand to two thousand ten decade. Two thousand, two thousand ten. What's going to be really funny is that anybody who watches this as a highlight is going to see the blue protocol and they're going to be like, it's, guys, what do y'all do? It's like, it's like, cause that's what people, cause I, I say name that game in, in the title. And it's anyway, I just, I, I'm, a, I'm generally amused, but easily. Right. Yeah, yeah, big games, big games that we could be thinking of. Like, I don't know. We need a question that would help knock it down instead of just guessing, but mm-hmm. we could be looking at like Max Payne, the Sims, Mass Effect, Metroid Prime. Oh, it's not 2D. Um, and those, those aren't, RPGs either. Mass Effect is an RPG. Mass Effect's an RPG. No, but he said Max Payne. Oh, that's fair. I wouldn't consider that. All right. All right. Uh, I forgot the RPG thing. 
the RPG <laughs> thing helps knock out like the Guitar Hero and all that stuff that came mm-hmm. out. So he crashed it- something in the comments, which I thought I was thinking, which was Dragon Age. And it's no J. Yeah, the not Japanese yeah. helps a lot, especially RPG not Japanese. That's that's yeah. a huge. Yeah, that massively now. Is it yeah. <laughs> I, I was really going to say, is it fantasy based? Is it what? Is, is it, it fantasy, fantasy based? Fantasy. It is not fantasy based. Oh, that's Skyrim. Aimed. Yeah, that knocks out Skyrim. Yay! Finally. I mean, right now. Yeah, that that massively reduces it. A non-fantasy-based Mass Effect had remasters, and it can be upscaled. Okay, what else can we ask without just asking for the game? I mean, is it sci-fi? It's very difficult to answer that. I would not not personally define this as a sci-fi. Hmm. So that would would push out Mass Effect, in my opinion. Yeah, you got three questions left, guys. Uh Uh-oh. Would you like a hint? Yes. Yeah. All right. So you mentioned a game that is also published by this publisher. If you can figure out the publisher, I think you got it. Or the developer developer publisher. Ooh. And Chad has also named the game. Well, not named the exact game, but they've named the game that's also in relation to this one. Is mm. its developer currently owned by Xbox? It is. So it's probably Bethesda title. You think it's Fallout? Yeah. Okay. So which do you, one? Do you, do you? That would make sense with the sort of so sci-fi. Right. Yeah. Sort of sci-fi, Two questions. Not fantasy, RPG, but and not multiplayer. And uh, it would work had on sequels. Both, both Xbox for the upscale. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the best bet. Uh, hold on. I mean, there's only two Fallouts, I think, out of that time. And I actually... I, Fun fact, I actually got age checked for when buying this one of them. So <laughs> even they refused the to sell me it, even though I'm like No, this I mean they wouldn't have hesitated on the fantasy. Yeah, and the sci-fi. I think the fact he hesitated on sci-fi puts because I would have hesitated on sci-fi slightly with Fallout. Because it Yeah. It's not really. It's not typical sci-fi trope, but it is kind of science fiction. A lot of it. What is it? That still would be my bet. I mean, Bioshock was 2K, right? So that knocked out a bunch. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many RPGs did Batman Batman Arkham Asylum came out around that time? That's 2009. Yeah, but that's not an RPG. To be honest, and they're not owned by 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 Xbox. And they're not owned by Xbox. Yeah. Mm. I I think it's going to have to be. Is it a Bethesda game? It is a Bethesda game. You got one one left. There it is. So we, I think that's the right one. Hail Mary, go for it. All right. It's is cool it out three. Sorry, I heard two different things. Oh, no. Wait, hold on. What did Chili when, say? When did they come out? He guessed Fallout 3. I guess he said Fallout. it is Fallout yeah, 3. Yeah, he said Fallout 3. You guys but got it at 20. Nice. At 20. Congrats. No. Hopefully, I didn't lead you guys astray because like, that was my biggest concern with picking Fallout 3. So. No, you just picked something that was so obscure with every possible question we asked. Like, normally, we'd narrow it down to a small thing, right? Where yeah. all we've done is we've moved that small thing out of the equation. Now We've got the rest of it to look at. I thought your questions were decent. I really, like, I thought you guys, Yay. you know, you came together, you pulled together and got it done. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I'm having baby. fun with this. Two first, for two. First 10 questions, you got to, like, really just keep cutting the yeah. remaining yeah. games in right. half. 
that's the goal. And, and I thought your yeah. question about is it Japanese developed? It's like, man, you know, like that just immediately. Like, but I was I was kind of amused that you knew it was a RPG, not Japanese developed, and we didn't narrow it down to Bethesda. I thought we were going to Bethesda. That's right why I asked away. the 2K question. Right, you went 2K, and I was like, immediately all right. was like, all right, there's a bunch that came out. They were really big, and then their catalog. Once we were, once we knew it wasn't multiplayer, their catalog has a ton of multiplayer in it. Yeah, so it would have really. Oh, I'm going to say it's that two also eliminated two. the fall, uh, the Fallout 76 because that's also a yeah. sequel. And you have Fallout 4, so it's like, all right, there we go. Anyway, that's that's it for today's show. I'd love to go with the roundtable here, Kalem. Let's start with you, Callum. Yeah, <laughs> I, I answered so to bad. both. Good. I'm so sorry. Where can people find you, man? Yeah, so you can find me on basically every social, including YouTube under Callum Upton. Just my name, really creative, I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitch. Find me on Twitter talking about nonsense and also uh, in Discord uh, under the same URL. If you don't know where to start with his content, I would recommend the Earth 2 saga. That is how many of us have met him. Just start in the oldest post you can find on it and just watch it all the way through. It's, it's a good uh, rabbit it's hole. It's like a docuseries rabbit hole of just... There's some really unbelievable moments in there. You're like, this can't be real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. oh, that was my life for you. Trust me. It was a weird one. <laughs> Tilly, uh, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me over on Moogle Grammar Radio on Twitch. On Twitch.tv, it's Moogle Grammar Radio. You can also find me on Twitter, MG underscore Chili. We're literally one follower away from 1,100. So we're about to hit that milestone. So I'm happy about that. So thank right. you. And Chris. I'm right here. I'm working on some big projects behind the scenes that I wasn't able to do when I was doing full-time streaming. So I'm enjoying dumping time into them. The office, the remodel here is on freeze because I pulled my back like a man in his the second half of his 30s. Solid choice. I was like, I could get this done faster. I have now found the slowest possible method because I can't move anything more than like 30 or 40 pounds without pain. Oof. I feel you. Like I, my, choice. my my back's been been injured the last uh, couple of days as well. And Julie's like, "How do you hurt it?" I go, "I just got older." Like, I, oh no, I the did. benefit was I I pulled it moving this desk into place, mm-hmm. and I pulled it with the last shove. So like, oh. the desk is here. Like it's it's here. It's not going anywhere. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. All right, and then for me, you can find me over on Ginger Prime and here at Work the Game where we do podcasts, clips, and so much more. So if you guys enjoyed the show, be sure to hit that like button or check us out on the MP3 audio wherever podcasts are consumed. So you can find all of that and more in the top link of the description. And if you're watching this as a VOD, I'd love it if you sound off in the comments with VOD Squad because I love people who, because it's a great way YouTube likes to support that stuff. Anyway, on that note, guys, we're going to wrap it up. And thank you guys so much. It will raid you over into a video that is premiering by me talking about how the console wars suck and i really hope that you stick around for that video but for work to game thank you so much for being here hopefully we'll see you next time but until then take care